WTS presents 3, 2, 1 All the Feelings This episode Stress Oh, we got a barn burner today Are you Heated up, Pete, because this oh. one that we're doing, first and foremost, my name is Tommy Metz III. Who are you? Uh-huh. I'm Pete Wright. Pete Wright, and this is WTS Presents All the Feelings, where we do a deep dive, sort of, about a feeling or emotion sometimes, and it's all completely, <laughs> perfectly planned out, and nothing ever goes off the rails. And if I seem maybe a little keyed up right now, it's because our topic this week is well pete why don't you tell him because maybe it's something that a couple of our listeners can relate to pete what's this week's topic mm, and how our topic this week is stress stress noun a state of mental or emotional strain or tension resulting from adverse or very demanding circumstances even the robot sounded stressed out just now yeah the robot is stressed robot, out go take That's a nap the, <laughs> the robot the robot just... is actually going strike because it's strike yeah, <laughs> the, the robot says union the robot has a picket signs and it just has more batteries okay anyways <laughs> what's your relationship with stress tommy Ooh. i sometimes I know we've talked once or twice about anxiety before on this podcast or on the earlier uh, version (laughs) of this podcast. Sometimes, especially when I get stressed or anxious, I have trouble pulling things apart and knowing what I'm feeling what. And so I sometimes I just pile it all under anxiety, but I'm getting better through talking to like Bonnie, shout out to Bonnie, my therapist. Yeah. Figuring out, well, that's not just all anxiety. Some of that's anxiety. Some that's anticipatory. Some is dread. And some of that is Mm -hmm. stress that you're not really worried about it. It just feels like there's a lot in different directions all at once. So I'm trying to get better at not just saying I'm always anxious and instead be like, no, I just have too much going on. Sometimes I feel overwhelmed can be different than anxious. And so, yeah, I I definitely, that's really accurate. I think stress is a huge part of life and way too much a part of everyone's life. I've never met anyone that's like, what's stress like? That guy from college that goes, smile. It's him. He doesn't know what stress is. Remember? Just immediately before you punch him in the neck. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Um, Do you, do you feel like it's changed your relationship with stress? It maybe as it, as you've aged, but maybe as just time passes. That's interesting. I'm, I know that my understanding or attempt to understand it has definitely changed in the way that back in the day, we didn't used to talk about stress. We had fainting couches mm-hmm. and and smelling salts, but like <laughs> it's within, not within our lifetimes, but not too, it's been fairly recent that scientists really mm-hmm. started talking about stress, thinking about stress and having it be part of your life framework, your type of personality, the big thing to try to avoid. And so I think I'm just much more, uh, what, aware of it. And I have a word Mm -hmm. to call it now. I know I just said that I throw everything into one big anxiety bucket, but I've definitely am able to know better when I'm stressed and wondering like, why am I sweating and having diarrhea all the time? (laughs) (laughs) Why am I having the scream fits? And it's because of stress. Outstanding. Outstanding. If we didn't already have a formula for our titles for each episode, that would be it. <laughs> Why do I have the screenshots? 
<laughs> well, Tom, you have you have offered me a perfect segue into oh. something that I wanted to talk to you about, because one of the things that I'm most interested in in relation to stress right now, at the age that I am right now, mm-hmm. with the workload that I have right now and the family that I have right now, is what are the impacts of stress, and I'll say chronic stress, yeah. on the body, right, on the on my systems, right? Right. Instead of just feeling like stress just exists in your head and it stresses yeah. you out, that is there, if it's severe enough, does it actually yes. change things? And it's got to, right? Like well, the, you would think. And, yeah. and so I, I want to start with, with something that I think is a really important part of this show. It is one of my favorite segments that we've ever done. Oh. And in fact, I think you could say that the show would not be what it is without this segment. It is... The WTS presents all the feelings patented guided meditation. Back to back. Wow. Yeah. Two guided meditations uh-huh. back. I like how we saved it. For, we got over the hump and yeah. everyone's like, now we're just oh, gonna... meditations isn't a part of it. And now yeah. it we're is. We're going to walk it right to the end of the show. Now, <laughs> it's back and there will be, you'll be meditating every week. From wow. Now, okay. So, so this is what I thought we would do. We're going to be looking at stress and the body by way of a guided meditation. All right. Welcome to this journey. You find yourself standing on the helm of a ship. It is a beautiful ship, grand with mighty sails rising from the decks. The wind tussles your hair, seagulls drifting in the air above you. What's this? It appears that you, Tom, are the captain of this magnificent ship. Aye, aye. You hear a bell. Mates are running around. What do they see? Oh no. There's an iceberg alert. You feel a wave of stress rise up in you. That's your hypothalamus sounding the alarm, Tom. Your adrenal glands, your trusty deckhands, (laughs) instantly release a wave of adrenaline and cortisol. You feel your heart rate quicken. Your blood pressure rise Mm. as the adrenaline surges. Wait, you're not working out. This isn't your Sunday Pilates. Why does this feel like your chest has a belt around it? That's the cortisol. It's like the overzealous security guard at a concert shutting down the non-essential immune and digestive systems. Who needs digestion when we're navigating icebergs of stress, right? (laughs) They're just stressbergs after all. They're not real. (laughs) The air is thick. You're having trouble breathing, Tom. These deckhands are running around, but now they're slipping and sliding around you. They can't stand. Waves are washing over the side of the ship, pouring down on you. You feel your breath quicken as your lungs gasp for air like a fish hanging on dry land. It's like trying to breathe through a straw at a marathon. Through the waves, you see the rail on the side of the ship. Do you see it? Yeah. What, what is that you see? Is that a tentacle? Oh, no. That's right. The ship is now being enveloped by the long arms of a mythical octopus, and suddenly you're aware of your heart. But you're not supposed to be aware of your heart. Why is it pounding practically out of your chest? It's pumping faster due to stress, Tom. Yeah. And stress hormones cause your blood vessels to constrict and divert more oxygen to your muscles. Your blood pressure skyrockets. You might be in danger of a stroke. Oh, no. During our guided meditation, Tom. Oh, no. And this is all because of an octoberg? Oh, no. The octopus tightens its grip, and you see cracks appear in the decking around you. This pressure has broken the back of your craft. That's your immune system, Tom. Your ship is the immune system. 
It is fully taxed now and open to all the bacteria in the air and water. Ew. Your sad body is open to foreign invaders. Oh. But don't worry. You can't see those little guys. You can't even feel them. You do feel it when your bowels give way, leading to <laughs> severe incontinence. Your stomach is doing flips. Can you hold in your nausea? Probably not, because your musculoskeletal system oh. is under so much stress. Oh. Pain is shooting up your arms and legs, across your shoulders. You now have a throbbing tension headache, and that's when you realize you're about to ride the comet, Tom. What? The vomit comet. Oh, no! Wink. The worst comet! The, the SS the Tommy is, is doing terrible. <laughs> The ship is broken in two. Your shipmates are being grabbed five and six at a time yeah. and devoured by the giant creature. Mm. You see that you've drifted into a massive storm. The wind and rain <laughs> sear at your face like so many tiny daggers. Careful, Captain. You, you fall over the railing and into the freezing water. Oh. It burns and triggers the last thing to fail from your stress response. Your reproductive system. Oh. That's right. Through all your trials, you'll survive. But you'll never have children because your testosterone and sperm production have fallen prey to your chronic ship stress. Ah, oh, sorry. You find a dinghy. You drift back to port with the lilting sound of John William score to Jaws <laughs> whistling across your lips. And you realize that your delightful voyage as captain of the SS stress has come to an end. Oh, how do we do, Tom? That was a real roller coaster. Are you relaxed? I am you feel not. Good? I sat right back and heard a terrible tale. <laughs> Look, here's why. Oof. Here's why I did that stupid yeah. thing. That's so stupid. I love. It. But what did you? I'm glad of course. You're, you are an audience of one. So <laughs> the thing is, I did. I had not thought about the the um you know the massive variety of things that fail when you right. with chronic stress. Chronic stress. You know, you hear things. You hear rumors on the wind. The little voices in the corner that things are going to start breaking. But when you start looking at the the major systems in your body that start breaking down mm. uh, when you live under stress, it gets. I'm not going to lie. Stressful. Right. Well, because what, how much of that, and if this is not the correct question, then feel free to omit it and stop the podcast and never talk to me again. Um, okay. But how much of that was my body just going through different levels of triage? Like, we got to shut this down because all hands on deck. We got to do this because this is happening. We got to divert all, or is it just things, it started as triage and then just started to get overwhelmed. Is that when the, the ship yeah. really started breaking? It just can't. That's how I got it. That's how I understand it. And I might be completely wrong because, you know, that's our promise. <laughs> but what but my understanding is what starts is and this goes back to that question we love so much, the evolutionary response. Right. Why is stress useful? Because it sets us up for response to negative, uh, you know, environmental challenges. Right. The first thing that happened was my blood started pumping and my heart started mm -hmm. going because now I can spring into action and punch a brontosaurus in the face yes yeah. exactly it's that saber-toothed tiger right there right and that's all very good you need the adrenaline and the cortisol and you need all those non-emergency functions of your body to shut down right cortisol's job is shut that down and respond to that saber-toothed tiger right there that's the triage and part right exactly but we have no brontosauri or saber-toothed tiger and so <laughs> now all we have is these this, these chemicals coursing through our body, making our heart beat faster, stressing out our vascular system, our re respiratory system, and breaking it down right. at an artificially rapid rate. And right? a brontosaurus attack with all 
due respect to brontosaurus attacks, is probably pretty rapid compared to I'm stressed. I have all of this work due three days yeah. from now that all our bodies that, aren't yeah, set exactly. up to be so sustained in that arousal state. Also, and this is just from the Department of Corrections, this just in, oh. um, brontosauruses are vegetarians, as far as I know. And so <laughs> That's what makes it so stressful. <laughs> you look so good. Why is good. it rogue brontosaurus? <laughs> Why is it rogue brontosaurus yeah. going to eat me? I'm meat. Why is did the day today I wore my leaf suit? That I worked so hard on. Oh, I picked the one damn dinosaur. Oh well. Okay, I get it. Okay. Uh, so that's the that's the piece that I always feel like I knew, mm -hmm. right? Your blood pressure goes up. Your all those chemicals. It and so beyond your nervous system and your respiratory and cardiovascular system, the fact that it breaks down your immune system. That short term stress can boost the immune system, but that window to when the stress starts having a significant negative impact is actually pretty, pretty shallow. Uh, it, it slows down wound healing. So if you get, if you injure yourself, your immune system can't respond right. as quickly. Uh, it reduces your response to vaccines. If you get a vaccine and you're stressed, your, your body can't adapt to the vaccine and make it as effective, makes you more susceptible to infections. If you're living in, in the state of chronic stress, I never considered that. What is that? Right, right. Why do I even bother? <laughs> anyway, uh, your digestive session. I think it's really funny that you you led with having bowel problems, problems yeah. and that that stress affects your digestion. It leads to nausea and vomiting and and uh, constant diarrhea. I mean, constant, unstoppable diarrhea. Mm. It it, it exacerbates pre-existing conditions like IBS and gastroesophageal reflux disease. You're a real GERD head, if you know what I mean. Yep. Um, and uh, finally, the last, the big three, the endocrine system, uh, it, it stress impacts the endocrine system by stimulating the release of glutocorticoids, corticoids, who knows what they are, in, including the stress hormone cortisol, the hormones, in fact, it, in, impact many bodily functions, including metabolism and immune response, a gluto, glucocorticoid. <laughs> Is a uh, is in, is a chemical uh, uh, hormone, I guess, e.g., hydrocortisone, which is involved in the metabolism of carbohydrates, proteins, and fats. So all of those things stress out your yeah. uh, metabolism, and of course, we feel the pain of stress. Muscles are tight, bones ache, uh, and then of course, reproductive system is impacted. If you're under chronic stress. You very well might not be in uh, childbearing mood, right. if you know what I mean. I would like to point out one thing that I'm just remembering from the guided meditation. I fell in the yeah. water, I lost my dinghy, but then found another dinghy. <laughs> All right. There's so um, many dinghies. <laughs> so many dinghies. <laughs> um, but um, so then, because when you asked me, what is my relationship with stress? In no way am I thinking about stressful situations like a dinosaur attack or yeah. running for my life. I'm talking about deadlines. I'm talking about very yeah. human, much more boring or mundane things that drive me up a wall. It feels like with that in mind, we're being really betrayed by a system that is reacting to something that it's it needs to update. We need a software update totally. because we shouldn't be having all of those physical horribleness when it's really just like, oops, I sent an email out too early. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. And that's what bugs me so much about this whole thing, that I'm responding to a deadline like I'm about to be eaten by a brontosaurus. 
right? Like, <laughs> yeah, a, hip, a responding... hypocritical brontosaurus. <laughs> a hypocritical brontosaurus. Yeah. Uh, and and that's the thing that I think is most frustrating about stress. And that's the thing when I when I watch when I read these the details about what happens during a stress response, and I think about the pain that I cause myself about missing a podcast production deadline. I think what oh, is going on in my life? Right. I've made bad choices. It really right? makes us seem like I know we are, but it's a, a another way to really be like, man, are we animals? Like yes. we're just animals. Yeah. We, we pride ourselves so much on being on top of things. Laughter is the best medicine. We can control everything with our mind, but still we are, yeah. we are slaves to so much stuff that is just beyond our control because we're both animals and machines. Huh? Ooh, yeah. Term, term, yeah. Terminator and the, animals. It, and the thing that I, I haven't really charted, I'm curious your take on when you started feeling stress in your life. Do you remember, like, were you a stressful young adult, college student? No, definitely teenager. young adult. The first thing, you know, the uh, subtitle for this podcast is first, first thought, best thought. <laughs> <laughs> if I had my very first thought, it would be when I was young and we've talked before about sports. Playing yeah. sports, whether it be gym, whether it be BJS, Boulder Junior Soccer. Uh, so that would have been fourth grade. And I was playing soccer even earlier than that. Team sports when I was not great at it, but I knew it was coming. Like I was already having problems the morning of and then I'd get there and it was just having. I know it involves anxiety, but real stress, like cold sweats. My hands would shake. I mean, those can sure. also be very stressful. So, no, I, I would think that. Because I didn't have words like anxiety back then, and nor was society right. talking about it like it that much. And so I would have just, if I had the word stress, I would have said, oh, it's that. I'm stressed out because I really yeah. want to play a good game. And that's not what I was stressed out about. I was, the, no. my body made it seem like I was fighting for my life. Right. Because the social aspect right. of it was so important. But it was, yeah, performative, yeah. right? Yep. It was performative stress, which is ridiculous. Yeah. I don't like it. I'm now I'm like, I don't think I've ever been mad at stress, but I feel like we should, we should have some words. Yeah. Well, and I didn't even get to the most fun part in the actual guided meditation. Okay. It was a little bit long winded, but now I'm going to tell you about the thing where it led me, uh, you know, when you talk about the physiological changes, yeah. the body living under chronic stress, we did not talk about the noggin. Right. Okay. We didn't talk about what happens to your, not in your brain, but to your brain. Oh, we're and still talking about physical thing. things, not emotional. Yeah. Oh. I know. It's just one more. Oh. Just one more. This is gonna. This is gonna give you. This is the thing of today. Like if you, when you go back through your day and you do your daily diary yeah. entry, this is gonna be the thing that prevents you from sleeping. Oh my God! I'm getting um, smarter. That's awesome. It <laughs> It actually reminds me when we talked about space uh, some seasons Ugh. ago, and and I realized that I don't like space specifically because in zero gravity, your blood can't figure out which way to go, oh, and it causes right. clots. <laughs> yeah, I still think about that. Like, that's still on my mind when I go to sleep. I'm and worried this... that the space shuttle seatbelt's going to be too tight, and you're like, my blood <laughs> took a wrong turn? Oh, my God. Yeah. So this is this is that level for me. This is the thing. Your chronic stress yeah. can lead to, here it goes, shrinkage oh, no. in the prefrontal cortex, oh. the area of the brain responsible for self-control, decision-making, and emotion. This will directly impact, exe impact executive functioning, such as planning, problem-solving, and impulse control. Your oh, brain no. shrinks, brah. 
Okay, first of all, that's, that's horrible. I, that was a mic drop bra. The, right? Oh, sh- so, I should stop. Yeah. No, it was good. Yeah, I mean, just a moment of silence for the bra. Please, no. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, first of all, I'm angry. What the hell is the rest of the brain doing? Uh, but that seems like the one part that really you need and you need mm-hmm. when you're stressed. Yeah. It's like it's yeah. you're, it's you're, you're burning down the hospital. Like the one place that yeah. you need to fix all of those things uh-huh. gets taken out at the knees first. <laughs> so many mixed yeah. metaphors, but you know what I mean. There's so many different parts of the brain too. Like the hippocampus as a result of all this. The hippocampus uh, that's involved with uh, memory and learning. That's a very important part of the brain. And chronic stress inhibits the uh, formation of new neurons that uh, in the hippocampus and cause it to shrink, which can lead to memory problems. Yay! Yeah. Also, uh, it affects the levels of the uh, levels of the chemicals that you need to, to, you know, do things in your life like dopamine, serotonin, and norepinephrine, which play a role in mood regulation. Guess what you feel when you don't have enough of that stuff, Tom? Guess. I dare you. Uh, does it start with an A or a D? It, it starts with a D and an A, Tom. Yeah. Depression and Depression anxiety. And anxiety. Yep. Oh, God. Come on. And remember our old friend, the amygdala? Yep. The amygdala hijack. Yep. We talked about that a whole bunch. Oh, yeah. Chronic stress can make our friend the amygdala, part of the brain involved in emotional processing and fear response, more active. Oh, Everything else shrinks. The amygdala gets on just on fire. That's what and, you want when uh, you're so, in an emergency. The first thing you should do is make all the alarms louder. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And all of them are saber-toothed tiger shaped. <laughs> yeah. right? Also, your car is a saber-toothed tiger and buildings are saber-toothed tigers. <laughs> Everything's a saber-toothed tiger. So all of, <laughs> all of these things are just awful. Wow. They're just awful and uh, lead to, you know, serious cognitive decline and connections, direct connections to Alzheimer's. Uh, so yeah. welcome to chronic stress. People relax. Relax! <laughs> For crying out loud! <laughs> We did it. We solved stress. <laughs> Just isolate that one audio and have that be your ringtone of Pete screaming, relax. <laughs> and you're all set. <laughs> Welcome back to Night Sweats, the game show where one podcast host asks the other to analyze their stress dreams. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for today's contestant, Pete Wright. Pete, how are you? Thank you, Tom. I'm really glad to be here. Sounds like it. All right. Uh, As you know, we've talked about anxiety and stress in past seasons on this game show podcast, but I have a new one that has been reoccurring weekly for the past six months or so. The locations of these stress dreams uh, and time frames are always different. The end goal also differs, but there's one thing that is always the same. Pete, I'm going to tell you what that is, and then I'm going to ask you to analyze my night sweats without looking anything up. (laughs) Honor code, you're going to say, what would a dream theorist or dream analyst say maybe this represents? Do you understand so far? Okay, so I'm Carl Carl Jung in this You are Carl Jung, and you're on a game show because things have gone terribly wrong. Wrong for young. (laughs) All right. Here we go. In all of these dreams, and I mean it, for the past six months, this is 100% true. At some point, and it sort of becomes a focus point of the nightmare or stress dream, I can't find my car. Either I can't remember where I parked it, or there's a chance it was towed, or maybe it got moved somehow, but my car is missing, and I need to find it. Pete, for this episode of Night Sweats, what does a missing car symbolize? 
Missing cars. Do I need to do it in a lousy German accent? Absolutely not. I would prefer you not. Okay. We've already okay. gotten in trouble <laughs> enough on this Good. podcast. Okay. Um, I'm going to say, so what does a car represent? A car represents uh, agency, authority, autonomy, uh, it and freedom. How about freedom? Loss of freedom. Uh, and how about... Um, what do you use in a car? Um, use the radio. Stupid. See, <laughs> steering wheel. Direction. Loss of direction. Um, you're aimless. You don't know what you're doing with your life. I've been podcasting with you for years now, and I think that holds up. Um, <laughs> how close? How close am I? And you're still programming my dreams? That's a weird uh, <laughs> agreement we made when I signed up for TrueStory.fm. Pete, you are incredibly wrong correct <laughs> you are right on i went i visited eight different websites of different dream experts and i started and i'm going to end with this one it's Lori lowenberg self-proclaimed dream expert to the stars she says this is from her website your car represents your drive and motivation to continue to move forward in some area less often your car can represent a direction you are headed in to lose your car means maybe you're losing your motivation or are feeling directionless and just don't know how to move forward. So wow. you said loss of direction. You said movement. You said agency. Yes. The basically uh, the most common interpretation I found across the internet uh, was um, yeah. Just a feeling like something is keeping you from being able to move forward or you want to move forward, yeah. but don't know where to go. Another option, Pete, just involving me. In real sure. life, in waking hours, I lose my car all the damn time. <laughs> my phone photo roll, if you look at my phone roll, is absolutely full of pictures of street signs and parking garage numbers because <laughs> I'm always in fear of losing my car. I have more pictures of signs saying like P6 than I do of my family. <laughs> so it might also be that. But I like yours and Could you've won this round of Night Sweat. See you next episode. Friends, how would you measure your stress level right now? Here's a couple of questions to help you figure it out. How are things at your job? If you're married, how is your relationship with your spouse? If you have children, how are they doing at school? And finally, do you live in Cleveland? If you answered yes to that last question, then chances are your stress levels are fairly astronomical. In 2023, Cleveland, Ohio has been ranked most stressed city in America in a study involving over 180 cities using 39 key metrics. These metrics include weekly work hours, unemployment, divorce rates, suicide, health and safety records, the list goes on. And last year's most stressful city? Cleveland. In fact, for the last four years in a row, Cleveland has been number one on the stress test. Right behind them, though, is Detroit. Keep up the good work, Detroit. We know you have it in ya. So things seem to be rough in Cleveland. But not everything is bad or has been. In fact, did you know that the nation's first rock concert ever was held in the Cleveland Arena? It was called the Moondog Coronation Ball, named after legendary DJ Alan Moondog Free. And on March 21st, 1952, it hosted such rockers as Paul Williams and the Hucklebuckers. By the way, you're listening to their number one hit, The Hucklebuck, right now. But upon further review, even that joyful concert was, admittedly, a stressful experience. Due to a mixture of counterfeit tickets and an original printing error, 
way more tickets were sold for the event than there were available seats. As a result, by the time the concert started at 10 p.m., over 20,000 ticket holders showed up at the stadium, whose capacity was less than half of that. Realizing that they might not gain entrance, the crowds began screaming and banging on doors. At 9.30 p.m., the crowd broke through the arena doors and swarmed past the under-equipped ticket takers. Over 50 police officers and firefighters were called to the event. The acoustics in the arena were so poor and the crowd was so loud that it was difficult to hear the music. So the audience members began ripping down curtains and signs and basically becoming a riot. The Hucklebuckers couldn't even finish their set. And don't even think about Tony Grimes and the Rockin' Highlanders. Ultimately, the concert that was scheduled for four hours was shut down by police after only 45 minutes. There were numerous arrests for reckless behavior and violence. And thus, the modern rock concert was born in Cleveland, the most stressed out city in America, four years running. Want to be a part of the coolest event in town but don't know how to get a ticket? Why just burst through the arena doors of allthefeelings.fun and become a feeling friend today? For the low, low ticket price of $35, convenience fee included, you can rock out to early access of ATF episodes, a backstage pass to special member-only episodes, live streams of each app, rocking stickers you can put on your face, and so, so much more. So grab your best dame or fella, hop in your jalopy, and head on over to allthefeelings.fun and get ready to feel all the feelings all night long. And now, back to the show. Pete, I think we are in agreement that studying and understanding stress has been a very important scientific development. We've been talking about it. But for this segment, I briefly want to talk about a different part of stress science. It's dark side! <laughs> um, we have not talked about the history of the science of stress. I'm not, this is not a science podcast, so I'm not going to go fully into it. I'm going to give you a really quick, what's it called? When you give like a, you slam a bunch of information. There's a phrase Summary. for that. No, uh, it's a cooler like crash course. Ramrod. Crash course. Crash, crash course. course. Okay. Definitely not Ramrod. <laughs> Ramrod. No, that was my nickname in Never. Here we go. Okay, so <laughs> in the mid-1930s, there was an endocrinologist named Hans Selye, and he was doing a whole bunch of really horrible tests. Do not look them up on rats, subjecting them to physical suffering, and then examining their organs to see if they were damaged. They were, and thus he posited that stress can cause, like you talked about, Pete, physical uh -huh. damage. He became the leader or the father of stress and was quoted Ooh. in every single thing and that became his entire legacy he will be coming There's up later so many things i would rather be father of jesus yeah like like fr f yogurt fro rainbows fro fro rainbows <laughs> fro <-yo. laughs> yogurt rainbows we do have a father of that pete see you on sunday all right here we go but i would like with the help of research i found through npr's alex spiegel and a couple other journalists to talk about two other big time scientists who promoted the health dangers of stress. It's Meyer Friedman and Ray Rosenman. Who are they? They were two American cardiologists studying stress, and they created a new term in the mid-1950s. You want to know what it is, Pete? Mm -hmm. Very badly. The type A personality. Type A? That was my dad for a while. There you go. So these two guys, these two cardiologists, doesn't it seem like type A personality, it was just sort of always there? No, it was in the yeah. mid-1950s. They came up with this idea. Now, before we go on, wow. how would you define a type A personality in your words, Pete? 
Oh, that's it's a little bit hard. Um, my so when I think about it as a kid, yeah, and why my dad started going to therapy was because he was uh, he was quick to rage when things didn't go mm. his way, and, Got it. and largely positive by a very stressful work environment. He worked in television news, which is very fast paced, and you have to make decisions not based on all the information and all those things. Right. And he didn't handle it all that well, and ended up taking it out on his family. So mm. that was, I mean, we resolved it. It's all okay, everybody. Don't worry about it. But the the uh, today, I think the stereotype of type A is somebody who is very organized and very rigid and is, uh, I don't know, uh, somebody who's, I'm really describing our friend Mandy Kaplan. I mean, <laughs> she's guest on the show. Like, I feel like. I feel like Mandy's a little bit type A. Is she has self-described herself as Tracy Flick from the film Election. So yeah. we are not talking out right. of school at all. Uh, I no. recently, wait, I don't remember if I told her, I think she's more like Holly Hunter from Broadcast News, which I just rewatched yeah. oh, recently. Oh, that's much better. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Uh, you are much all better. 100% correct about all of that. Um, no offense to Mandy. The phrase type <laughs> A. love you, Mandy, so much. Uh, to look at, at like the official one, type A refers to uh, a pattern of behavior and personality. Words come up with high achievement, competitiveness, impatience, a bunch of other words like that. Yeah. So everything that you just yeah. said, exactly right. Um, rigidity is a, another interesting one because you have your way of doing mm -hmm. it. And when it doesn't go your way, everything starts to fly apart. Correct. Yes. So right. type A personality, remember Friedman and Rosenman? We're going back to them. What Friedman mm -hmm. and Rosenman put forth was that essentially there was an entire class of Americans who lived lives so full of stress and pressure that their bodies were especially prone to disease, particularly heart attacks or cancer. And those doctors published a study that claimed that coronary disease rate for men with type A personality was twice as high as other men. And this idea exploded. It really lit a fire in America. And the type A personality, I mean, you didn't have to think about it. It's still talked about all over the place. Uh, the idea of type A personality has still has its grip on us. I went to Bing mm -hmm. and I typed in Google. And when I was there, I typed in type A personality quiz. And over 30 quizzes immediately came up. Like, people are still trying to self-diagnose with that. By the way, I did all of them. But really, shouldn't you just know? Like, do you really need to bang Google to find that out? I think they just like taking quizzes and doing them right. Because I took all the quizzes. <laughs> and I did them right away. And I did them better than everybody else. Everybody else. Type, 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 type. I did all the quizzes. Anyway. <laughs> the answer is always A. The answer is always A. It's a C if you don't know. Um, back to the idea of type A, an idea that uh, Stress Daddy Selway, who I talked about in the beginning, he also mm -hmm. adopted and studied this type A. Once the other two doctors or scientists came up with it, he was like, yes, that's a part of what I'm doing, type A, type I, type There was one enormous and very secret financial sponsor that it turns out that we learned way later that was funding the work of these scientists for their studies of stress and the promotion of the type A person. And this only came out way later because of a court case and the release of millions of secret documents. Can you possibly guess who that sponsor might be? Who would want more and more people to think that stress caused physical damage over other factors? This is not Marlboro. What? <laughs> what did you just say? No, I said it over you. What did... Mar Marlboro. How did like you guess big, that? Big tobacco. How did because? you guess that? Did you know this is that story? True? Yes. No, the, is that true? Did I get that right? It's the tobacco industry. I swear to God, I did not know that. that but it does make sense. Crazy. Because I you never set it up perfectly. Maybe I... Maybe no, I, but you... 
you did it, it right okay. because I'll tell you why. Because what it makes me think is that they want it first of all because when you're stressed you smoke, right. and of course what they want is for you to think that it's the stress that's hurting you, especially when you. This is it. Peter, I mean, I watched the Insider. We are the same person. <laughs> and we both we used to work for Philip Morris. Hey, yeah, <laughs> you're exactly right. As a part of their settlement in the 90s with the government, tobacco companies had to release uh, archives of millions of documents and tons of it show that cigarette makers wanted to promote the concept of stress because it allowed them, just like you said, to argue that it was stress, not cigarettes. That was causing heart mm -hmm. disease and cancer. There are records showing, and I've read some of them, that the tobacco industry lawyers were going as far as to vet scientists' papers, quibbling over wording and suggesting what and what they should not push. And they did it because they were funding all of their studies, including Stress Daddy Selway that I talked about in the beginning. They wow. were pouring money. You wonder where do these scientists get all this money to put rats on a roof and like throw them off or whatever he was doing? It was terrible. Tobacco, tobacco, tobacco. And the tobacco industry turned this idea of type A into the real problem. And what was the answer? Cigarettes. Yeah. You're so stressed out, you've got to smoke. Of course you're going to smoke. Pete, I have three things. I should have sent them to, no, two things. I vetted it. Here are two things. Where are you putting them? I'm texting them to you on your phone. I am present with my phone. Very, very hard to read, but I think I just need you to read the big text. Like, what is the basic thrust of these two ads? These would have come in the 1950s. Okay, so first of all, we have the uh, really, the, this is a black and white, looks like a newspaper or magazine uh, uh, ad. And we have a couple sitting at the dentist and the wife looks very cheery and actually Maybe that's not cheery. Maybe that's lascivious. <laughs> the husband is, you can tell he's really stressed. She wants to get it on. He's not in the mood for it. They're at the dentist and uh, she's handing him a lucky strike. Uh, he's letting him pick up a cigarette, a lucky strike. And the text says to anxiety, I bring relief. I'm your best friend. I'm your lucky strike. Because you I know made the, the, only. Oh, you're going yeah. for it. Okay, go ahead. I'm going for it, man. I can, I, I made only of the choice center leaves. The top leaves are better. No, I should don't do worry this. about I the really rest of it because it it's well. not really about anxiety either. It's just about try me. About the... I'll never let you down. <laughs> right. It says, and he's at the dentist. That's the what, what's yeah. the jerkiest thing to do right before your dentist appointment? <laughs> Smoke a cigarette yeah. <laughs> and then breathe on a stranger for a while, and then just read the big, the very top of the one of the second one. Oh yeah. No, now we have a guy who's. Uh, what is he doing? What is he yeah, doing? Yeah, I can't figure out. He's shoving some sort of metal into some sort of glass tube, and it looks like yeah. a job that never actually exists. And that might be why he's so tired and stressed out. Yeah, and it says the headline says fatigued. Get a lift with a camel. Yeah, and look how happy he is with the <laughs> camel thing. cigarettes. Yeah, camel cigarettes. He's so happy, and it looks like this is filled with like testimonials. Yeah, of, of pilots, pilots and and a woman. Ingenues. <laughs> I like that the woman's. There's a pilot. There's a doctor, and then the woman's career is a woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm also here. Oh my Sign god, woman. We have. We have learned a yeah. lot so, and nothing. So to end the segment, even though the idea of type A being dangerous still has its hold in our imaginations, the original findings of Friedman and Rosenman have largely been undermined. That what you're talking about, yeah. Pete, in your whole part about how physically dangerous it can be, you were careful mm -hmm. and correct to keep using the word chronic stress. Yes. We're talking about physically and emotionally 
uh, an iceberg with tentacles. Exactly right. That is yes. not what general everyday stress is like. There have been very few studies that have actually shown that type A behavior is a risk factor for illness, certainly not for coronary heart disease. Um, there's actually a lot of uh, study in science that if you want to look up on the internet, and we'll probably go over it a little bit uh, in Pete's last segment, but how stress can be good for us, it makes us sharper, more, more resilient. We need a certain amount of stress in our lives. But no, instead, tobacco just used it to keep people smoking, smoking, smoking. Amazing. Oh, cigarette companies. Amazing. What can you do? <laughs> Well, you know, Tom, this is actually a really good pivot because the thing that I was looking up after we talked about brain shrinkage, do we need to remind each other of what brain shrinkage can do to you? That, is, that was the dinghy, uh, what right? can, <laughs> That was the dinghy, yeah. Is is what do we do about it? And yeah. it turns out you're not going to find uh, too many people who tell you, apart from big tobacco, that exercise is not a good idea for uh, absolving stress. So I have a bit of a quiz. Can we do a quick quiz? Yeah. Uh, I have a, it's a, how many questions do I have here? I have 10 questions and they're either true or false or multiple choice. And I think you're going to get every one of them right. And then we're going to go home and take a nap. So here we go. <laughs> okay. Number one, exercise stimulates the production of endorphins, the body's natural painkillers and mood elevators. True. True. You're absolutely right, Tom. That's what it does. Question number two, regular physical activity increases the levels of the body's stress hormones, such as adrenaline and cortisol. <sighs> Boy, oh boy. True. I'm trying to make it a roller coaster. <laughs> it's True. false. What? It's false. Wait, read it, read it again. It reduces stress hormone levels. It reduces your stress hormone levels. What was the question? It increases the levels of stress hormones. Oh, I didn't listen True to the question. <laughs> I didn't listen to the I know question. you did not because you should have gotten that exactly right. <laughs> okay, that one we'll, we'll read. We'll do it another episode about that one. Go ahead. Oh. Excellent. How, which of the following is not an immediate effect of exercise on stress? A, reduction in stress hormones. B, improved sleep. C, increased anxiety. Increased anxiety. Now I'm listening. You got that one right. See, I'm trying to trick you by just making it. my tone I appreciate enthusiastic. It. Yep. So number four, regular exercise can lead to which of the following long-term effects? Improved mood, increased stress resilience, improved cognitive function. All of the above. <laughs> all of the above. That's A, B, all and C. Look at, all the, look at all the good things that come out of this. It is recommended to get at least how many minutes of moderate aerobic activity or how many minutes of vigorous activity each week to combat stress effectively. There's no, that was neither yes well, or no, true or false, or multiple choice. It wasn't. It was actual math. And okay. when I say math, I mean just put a number in here. And so how many minutes do you think of moderate activity? And I'll ask you it this oh, way. It's, it's a how week? many minutes of moderate aerobic activity do you get each week? Oh, moderate. I get at least five to six hours a week. So that's 300 minutes okay. of moderate aerobic activity. Would you think that you are above or below the recommendation from the Boffins? I would like, that seems kind of, I don't know. I'm going to say below. You are above, Yay! Tom. It is recommended to get at least 150 minutes of moderate aerobic activity. I'm a double or 70, boy. I know. Or 75 minutes of vigorous uh, activity each week to combat stress effectively. You should be living the damn dream, Tom, is what I'm saying. <laughs> you forgot about all uh, that calzone talk before. <laughs> <laughs> Which you of have the to following say what I'm types doing when I'm of not exercise? Doing that exercising. Yeah. 
Go ahead. This one, this one's a slam dunk. I think you should get this one right. Which of the following types of exercise is not beneficial for reducing stress? Aerobic exercise, strength training, or couch surfing? <laughs> couch surfing. Hey, yeah, I really tricked you. Yeah. I really tricked you on that one. Uh, and so uh, mind-body exercises such as yoga, tai chi, and pilates can help you with which of the following body increased body awareness, relaxation, lower stress levels, or all of the above, Tom. I like that you're getting your quizzes from Highlights Magazine for Children. <laughs> yeah. The answer is all of the above. Yeah. And I want to see the what answer the, is absolutely all uh, of the Tinkertons above. are up to this week. You <laughs> and Goofus and Gallant. This, that's a nice Highlights for Children reference. This is a uh, really stupid quiz, but it really just it illustrates what it we need to do yeah. to, to, our, to our bodies. It improves our mood. It improves our stress resilience. It improves our cognitive function, uh, reduces stress hormones, increases endorphin release, makes you feel good. And, mm -hmm. you know, it'll probably improve your looks and your sex life, too. So um, it also I, helps I my think it's, creativity in that when I'm yeah. stuck and I've done it for this very podcast, when I haven't found like an in or like a, you know, like a, a hook for a segment, mm -hmm. I will take Foster out for a walk or go out for a walk myself and make sure I leave my earbuds at home so I'm not listening to a podcast and I just think about it. And then at one point something comes in from something comes from yeah. the side hatch. Yeah. Well, and, and a thing I learned from Dr. Dodge uh, mm. is that when you're talking about the effect of uh, physical exercise on uh, on mood and on your body and handling the stress response, it is cumulative. So you don't have to do all 150 minutes at once, right? right. If you just, just go do something for five minutes, go walk around the block several times throughout the day. Eventually you'll get to mm -hmm. the number of minutes you need to get to. You don't have to, to be, uh, you don't have to see it as a barrier that you can't dedicate an hour to going to the gym right now. You just need to move yeah. a little bit at a time, many times i love it there you go look at what we just did there we solved world stress piece we solved world stress piece and we're the best and i've never been calmer <laughs> and all of the ambient is kicking in so this is time so perfectly so chill so chill i don't mind if you don't mind running like a rolling stone i'll pay my dues but i can't refuse so won't you throw this dog a bone Thank you all so much for joining us for this week. It is really, really great that you are still hanging out and listening to us learn together about feelings. Tom, do you feel good? I'm feeling a lot better, especially with this cool ditty you've got playing. What is it for all of us stressors? It's Overload by Free Ride. Coming up next <laughs> week, Tom, what are we going to talk about? We, as long as we're keeping things stressy, we're going to be talking about <laughs> envy slash jealousy. Are they the same thing? Are they different? What is the difference? How does have you ever felt it ever? And why don't why why don't <laughs> we'll we have more know. listeners? <laughs> yeah, why don't we have more <laughs> listeners like everybody else? And why don't we have more feeling friends like everybody else? I don't know what envy or jealousy is. Damn you, Mark Maron. You know who needs more money? Conan O'Brien. Oh, bye, bye, bye. Yes, one friend and all the money. That's the Conan O'Brien promise. <laughs> Until then, I'm Pete Wright. And I'm Tommy Mess the Third. Thank you so much for joining us. We will see you next week with all of the feeling.
Pete, I think we can all... Oh, and this is not a monologue. This is very much a conversation, but I am going to be talking a bunch at you. Okay, but this so is don't not speak. a feeling. Right, this could have. Been, this at one point this... was going to be a feeling, friends. But then it was. It okay. was going to be more fun to talk about it and make it like a thing. Got it. Okay, so don't don't talk. Just let you go. No, don't interrupt. Absolutely and not. Don't respond. Exactly. I hear. It. That's not what. It's I'm, totally fine. That's not what I'm saying. No stress I, I, for you. you need I'm to... just going to be here, a willing listener. No, <laughs> do and not ever put yourself on mute. Nope. Of Pete, all your. Pete, you know what? You start. I'm going to run to the kitchen. No, Pete. No. Oh my God. No, now is not the time for that souffle, Pete. Pete. <laughs> okay. Okay. Go.